We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Next Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, here we go. Sunday matinee edition of Knicks Fan TV. We are back. It's been a while, man. It's been a while. We're happy to be back. Knicks kicking off the first of a six-game West Coast gauntlet starting tonight in H-Town against the Houston Rockets. So I brought my guy Alex Wolf on. We're going to talk about this trip. We're going to take your questions. On a, We got the Twitter mailbag going. We got the phone lines up. The Discord is up. So let's just wrap, man. Knicks on the first of a six-game road trip. Al, just uh, what are some of your expectations, man? What, what are you thinking as we embark out west? Yeah, I, we actually talked about this on Locked on Knicks the other day, right? Like, I kind of – I think a realistic outcome that I'd be happy with is 500. Yeah. And I think that they could probably pull that off. Like, basically by going 500, you put the ball on everybody else's court. Say, hey, we're staying, you know, seven games above 500 right now. Like, get better than us or else you're not making – you know, you're not taking the spot. Um, I could also realistically see him going like two and four, maybe four and two. I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to go on a streak and win all six. This is a really tough schedule. Uh, plus being on the road, you know, dealing with that West Coast time swing, all that stuff. There's a lot to contend with. So, you know, I think 500 would make me really happy. Um, and you know how they get there. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it in a minute, but yeah. You know, I, I think it's possible for sure. And it's got to start tonight. I mean, tonight's game is a must. Tonight is a must, man. Houston is, they've been started the tank up. They're, they're ready for the summertime and for the draft. Obviously, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. has something to say. Just dropped a 50-piece in a win over the Bucks, So they're kind of riding high, but they got destroyed last night by the, the Warriors. So we'll have to contend with Porter. We'll have to look out for Christian Wood and, and be, you know, be prepared for the sneak attack. Knicks just got to come out and play their game. You know, but this is a must win on this trip. Absolute must win. Then we're looking at in Memphis on a back to back. Already beat Memphis this year in the overtime thriller at MSG. It's gonna be a tough game though. You know, that that Memphis team they, they play fast, they play quality defense, they got Valanchunas having a great year. He's gonna be on the boards. Tough matchup for Noel. 
you know, Ja getting out in transition, Knicks are going to have to take care of the ball as well, man. That that Memphis game is definitely going to be tricky on the second of a back-to-back. I think they're going to be mad, too, you know. Yeah. I mean, they literally – they started the Knicks win streak by basically blowing it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they blew a game versus the Knicks, and that's what – ultimately, you know, kind of got the Knicks back, uh, you know, in their groove to go on that, that win streak there and, and start this 10 of 11 stretch now that they're on. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Memphis is going to – they're going to have something to say. You know, it's going to be on the Knicks to – it's going to be tough because, you know, you're going from from Houston tonight to yeah. there immediately tomorrow night. Um, it's it's going to be a rough one. You know, that that's one that I think is – if you can win that game and, you know, go 2-0 and in these first two games – I think that's potentially where you're talking about. Okay, maybe they can go four and two, uh, but probably at yeah. worst, at worst three and three, which would be awesome. So that's, that's, that's gonna be another key one. Yeah, sure. that that's how I'm looking to get to that 500, man. Win these first two, and then out of the next four, try to sneak one. You know, maybe it's in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get catch revenge, catch the Suns on an off night, or at the Lakers. Uh, but we know Denver is always a tough place to play. I couldn't tell you the last time we even won in Denver, bro. It has to be that, that thin air, man. That thin <laughs> air, you know. And obviously, you have the the Joker playing an MVP caliber season. They just beat the Clippers in a pretty uh, significant win on the road last night in LA. They beat the full squad's Clipper team. So Denver's cooking, and uh, you know Michael Porter Jr. is taking a step up. He's definitely on the way to stardom. He had a monster game last night, and Denver's just they're just a deep team. Aaron Gordon fitting seamlessly in that lineup. So that's going to be tough, man, because Denver really hasn't fallen off since the Murray injury. And and they I think I saw a stat there about 15 and 4 since acquiring Aaron Gordon. So they really have not fallen off at all. Yeah, it's that uh uh Austin Rivers coming to them, Austin right? One Rivers. man's trash, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I I agree, you know, I'm with you like the the game against the Nuggets that one's going to be rough, you know. I it, to your point, I can't remember the last time they won there either. And Jokic is just – I mean, he's a nightmare for everybody, but especially for the Knicks, he's going to be a, a super nightmare yeah. because, you know, Noel can't compete with him physically. Right. Um, and Taj, I, I, he might be able to do something, you know, push him off his spots a little bit. But right. I, I do worry a bit that, you know, he might get in foul trouble or something just because Jokic is so crafty. That's right. Um uh, the Suns, I think I would peg as a potential upset, though. That's yeah. a potential upset special to me. Like, I just think, similar to what we're saying with the with Memphis, you know, having one out for the Knicks, I think that the Knicks are going to have one out for the Suns in that game uh, after how things went to end that last one. Uh, so uh, hopefully that'll be, you know, in an ideal world, that would be win number three, and then you just treat, you know, the Clippers and Lakers games like found money at that point Yeah, if you win one of them. Uh, but – the, the Lakers are going to be tough. I mean, they're going to be really – they're going to be balling the hell out to end this season because they, they're trying to at least end up, you know, in that I, – I think they're almost out of mathematical contention for a top four seed at this point. But you got to figure they probably want at least a five at this point. Yeah, because they um, dipped down to six, you know, with, yeah. with, with the loss over the key, uh, to the Kings. And then yeah. the Mavs came back and beat Washington last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beal missed the buzzer beater. So now the Lakers dropped to six. They got the and Mavs they for up sure in the don't want to be in the play-in. Right. I mean, right. You know, LeBron and LeBron and AD and all them, they they want to play as few games as possible. So yeah. You know, they they don't want to be in the play and be having to fight for their lives to start. Um, they, I I do wonder though if maybe the Lakers would be more comfortable falling into the sixth spot than the five though, just for second round matchup purposes. I guess it would depend on like, do they want the Jazz in the second round or do they want, um, do they want to face? I guess. 
it's going to be either the Clips or the Suns, you know, depending on how that plays out. And then who do they want their first, first round matchup to be? You know what I mean? instructions. There's, a, there's a lot to consider there, I think. True story. Hang on. I'm just dialing into the switch phones. Uh, Al, so you, that's why you heard that that third-party voice. Give me one second. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs-up button for you. To start your show now. CP and Since it Alex. appears you're calling back oh. into a live show, we are reconnecting you now. Sorry, this is, this is my British assistant, Al. Just, uh, <laughs> Please. I, I think we've met before. Yes, nice yes, to, you, nice you know her very well. You know? Yes, yes. Her, her name is Mary, so she <laughs> handles uh, our phones, and and we're good to go. Phone lines are up six five seven three eight three one five zero nine, and also through the Discord, we're also going to take you Twitter mailbag questions as well. Um, so yeah, so as we were saying, bro, I think Noel's going to be in for it. Obviously, against Jokic in Denver, of the Valanciunas matchup against the Grizzlies is going to be a tough one for him. Clippers play big, you know, Zubox plays big, Clippers are a big team, you also got, we'll see if Surge comes back, Clippers are, are, are a deep team, can space you out, number two offense, number 10 defense, very tough team, and then obviously having to contend with Andre Drummond, you know, mm-hmm. Drummond, we'll, we'll see who has to check AD, obviously that'll be Julius's job, so um, they, they're going to face some pretty formidable front courts on this trip, definitely, definitely going to be tested. To be fair with Drummond, they... They handled him last time. I mean, he didn't do anything. Yeah. Granted, it was kind of all his show, you know, in that game without having uh, LeBron. LeBron and AD there. Right. It makes life a lot harder on him to have to be, like, the focal point. If uh, if you got guys paying tons of attention to AD down low, then that probably makes, you know, those those weak side rebounds and whatever a little easier for, uh, for Drummond there. Yeah. To just kind of clean up and get some clean-up dunks and whatever. So, I guess we'll see as far as that goes, but. There's potential for it being, uh, you know, they could handle him pretty well, but AD is going to be the real test there. You know, he's he's basically unguardable. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be real tough for Randall. Randall's going to have to find a way to ba- almost like LeBron does, like balance his offense with his defense. You know, being the engine of the whole offense and providing enough on defense that AD doesn't completely overshadow him. It'll be a tough matchup. Nick's bigs have to play discipline. And overall, I think, you know, especially against teams like the Grizzlies, teams like the Clippers that like to turn you over and get get out in transition, they're going to have to be very uh, careful with the ball. Nick's coming in with, with the full deck with that, you know, Sands Mitchell Robinson, but Alec Burks is coming back. I think this is going to be interesting because – um, you know, I like the way Quickly's played lately, especially in that Chicago game. I thought Quickly was lights out. But now with Burks coming back, how do you see this rotation kind of getting impacted here? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? They played so well without Burks. You almost, yeah. like, start to forget about just how big yeah. of an impact he was having. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it'll work out roughly the same as how it was prior. I'm kind of hoping that Peyton is the guy that, finally kind of starts getting phased out. Right. Um, it, it seems like Tibbs' main reservation is having quickly out there without another card with him. Uh, or, or, you know, someone who he, he considers a ball handler. Yeah. And it's pretty clear that he considers Burks to be a, a point guard level player, even if, you know, general consensus would say, no, he's a two guard who's good at creating for himself. He's right. not necessarily a, a point guard, so to speak. Um, but I think maybe if you can if you could put Burks out there with IQ, maybe that's a lineup that Tibbs is comfortable then saying, okay, well now we can move Rose to the starting lineup finally, yeah. which seems overdue at this point. Um, you know, to just kind of get 
get Rose in there, and it, he's always closing games now you right. know, with the starting unit. It's like, why keep pretending like Peyton's giving you anything that's worth having out there when the team consistently comes out and, you know, gets off to poor starts in either the first or the second half or sometimes both. Yeah. You know, and, and he ends up just sitting on the bench anyway to close games. So. Right. I, yeah, I that's, agree. That's where I'd be at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. Maybe with Burks coming back, you, you get a little bit less Peyton, at least in the third quarter, or you, or you go to the bench earlier, and maybe you go Rose first, or maybe you go IQ first, right? We, we've seen, you know, the from the early statistics, although it's a smaller sample size, but IQ in there with Julius and RJ in terms of offensive rating, maybe he goes IQ first and then comes to the bench with, with a Rose and Burks duo with, with Obi, you know, kind of rounded out the wing. Yeah, yeah, that that's something I could see happening too. Um, no matter what, I, I do think I think the important thing is that you know I think IQ has done enough recently to yeah. solidify himself. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that we're going to see too much of him not getting playing time. Yeah, like period. You know, it might still be less than we want at like you know sixteen, seventeen minutes, something like that. When you know, I think everybody would love to see him playing more like twenty-five to thirty in an ideal world. Um, especially when he's on, you know, when he's doing his, like, point-per-minute thing. Yeah. You know, it's... Chicago it, game, he was lights out, bro. Ex- exactly. And it's hard to say, like, why are you, you know, why are you sitting him at that point? If he's if he's scoring a point-per-minute for you, that's fantastic. Yeah. And he's been distributing way better lately, too. Yeah. So very little to, to dislike lately with him. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say I think he's done enough to, to solidify himself. I think they'll probably give Burks one or two games to kind of get his win back mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but then, you know, once he gets back into a flow, like I said, hopefully, hopefully it just means Peyton starts getting, getting a little bit less out and, yeah. and that's the direction. Cause that's the easy solution, right? To right. find another 20, 25 minutes, you know, on the team is just get Peyton out of there. Yeah. yeah. Just start uh, and maybe, maybe bit. cut down Rose a tiny bit, you know, maybe cut down quickly a tiny bit, but that, that would easily make room for Brooks at this point. Yeah, man. De- definitely agree with you on quickly. His facilitation is, is starting to peak back up as it did earlier in the season and uh but you know obviously we need him to let it fly out there and him being out there with the extra ball handler whether it's Derrick Rose or maybe it's Burks I think that just you know makes quick quickly that much more deadly from a spacing standpoint and just giving our our second unit a lift so definitely going to be interesting to see how Tibbs manages those rotations as they work Burks back into the fold so going to be interesting, man. And then we come back home after this West Coast trip. We come back home against the Spurs, home game against the Spurs, a big home game against the Hornets, and a huge season finale game against the Celtics, man. So yeah. that could very easily determine where we end up. Could, could come yeah. down to the last game of the season, bro. And I and I think I see two and one out of that final stretch. I don't know why. Maybe it's me. Yeah. You know, two rose colored glasses. Like maybe get back to me after the the West Coast swing. Yeah. You know, if they really stink it up on this West Coast swing, I might be feeling a little different. I know everybody kind of kind of rises and falls with the tides. You know, um, you know, from us to you know people in the chat, you know, people on Twitter, whatever. It's it's very uh, sky is falling when you lose a few games in a row. Uh, but no matter what, like the rest of this stretch run I'm just considering kind of found money at this point I, I yeah. thought that they were going to be you know somewhere in that seven to ten range right you know right getting a playing spot now we're talking about oh well are they going to get home court advantage yeah in now, we're, like, now we're talking about on. home court advantage man come on man it's, I, it's, it's, it's amazing what 10 of 11 wins in the in 
in a stretch will yeah, do for you. Yeah, because, you know, we talked about the schedule as we got into the All-Star break, and it was like, this, this mm-hmm. is really going to be a hard one. You know, are they going to come back to the pack? Are they going to come back to the pack defensively, especially, was what I mm-hmm. was concerned with. And they've managed to, yes, they've, they've come down a little bit, but, I mean, they, I feel like it, it hasn't been that drastic. You know, they've, they well, still maintain their, their overall, you know, framework and principles. Yeah, the big thing, too, is that pace is quickening a little bit. They're right. playing up to some teams in pace a little yeah. more now. Yeah. And you see it now reflecting in the uh, in the offensive metrics. Right. So, like, you know, the offense is playing so much better. So, of course, if you're if you're running more and you're scoring more points, the other team's going to score more points, too. Right. So you're not going to keep doing these holding teams under 100, but you're only scoring, like, 103. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now it's like if you're going to be scoring 130 points in a game, you can reasonably assume the other team's going to score probably 110 or more. Is just because that's how the pace goes. You know, most teams don't win 40-point blowouts except for once or twice a season, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's part of it, too, is just the offense has been clicking. And when the offense is clicking and they're scoring more points, that means the other team gets more possessions, too. So, uh, of course, the net rating and stuff is going to go down a little bit. Um, although net rating usually factors for, like, 100 possessions. But it, even so, when you're scoring that much, you definitely you let up a little bit on the defensive end. And that's fine because yeah. you're scoring more. Listen, <laughs> you know, man, so that, their offense has been clicking. I think last 15 yeah. games they've been number three in offensive rating, and over that their last 11 they've been number one and yeah. to, a, and to it, a number two net rating. And it's staggering. Yeah, they, uh, I think it was Kirk Goldsberry on Twitter yeah. released that yeah. graphic the other day that showed kind of just like the scatter plot of how teams are, are doing in, you know, uh, offensive and defensive rating and then, you know, their rank and net rating. And the Knicks are literally right behind, uh, I think it was the Jazz, who are yep. number one right now. Uh, and have been, or was it the Suns? I forget. I don't know. One of those, one of the two West teams have been really, really good. And uh, the Knicks are right up there with them and ahead of the Nets. I mean, whew, incredible. Like, get man. it, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously Julius has been doing his thing. It's been good to see RJ on an upswing. Um, Bullock. How about Bullock, man? You know, one thing with Bullock is that in the beginning of the season, I, I was tired of seeing him with, you know, four shot attempts, two shot attempts, and he's a starting wing. And I was mm-hmm. like, Bullock, he, he's got to get his attempts up. And I think before the break, he was he was launching about 4.2 threes per game. He's now up to seven. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been tremendous because his three-point efficiency has been going going up. I think we're third in the league in three-point percentage. So I think that that's part of the offensive uptick as well. Yeah, it's crazy to think about what the Knicks have on their roster as far as shooting. And I can remember – I mean, I feel like even as, as soon as – you know, recently as – maybe the one of the mid-season check-ins or whatever mm-hmm. I came on here for we were even talking about like oh how do they get more shooting right you know how do they how do they you know figure out this the shooting because they just don't have enough any given night and now yeah. the second half of the season and you know it's it, for some guys it's been going on since you know January February but it was just more quiet then you know there wasn't as much noise about it at that moment but you now have guys like RJ Reggie uh uh, quickly, quickly yeah. Rose even yeah. to an extent, Burks, you know, all these guys have been shooting like 40% or better for so long now, you know, yeah. it's like uh, 40% or better from three is great. If you have like two or three of those guys on your team, the Knicks yeah. now have like four or five. How about Randall Julius? too, you know, I didn't even bring up <laughs> Randall. You know, and, and Julius is the one who's doing it on Bro. pull-ups and everything else, you know, so they, they have so much shooting on the roster now. And I, I think they've just finally, it's almost like, like in baseball, you know, sometimes the team all slumps together, you know. It's like yeah. everybody goes through a hitting slump. Like the Mets, like yeah. my favorite baseball team. <laughs> or the Yankees for a little bit to begin <laughs> this year. And then all of a sudden, one guy starts hitting it well, and then everybody starts hitting it well. And that's kind of what it's happened with the, 
with the you know the Knicks this year, I think with the three point shooting is yeah. uh, everybody just started hitting them all at once, and now you know they're just all in a groove together, and and it's beautiful to see when any given night, almost anybody can get it on the perimeter, and my my instant thought is, oh, that's going in when they shoot it, and I haven't had that feeling since probably like twelve thirteen, I think. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. I'm definitely with you on that. Um, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boy, CP Alex Wolf in here. We're previewing the West Coast trip. We're going to go to the phones now, Al. Let's go to, uh, my guy, Papa Left in here. Papa Left, what's going on, bro? Yo, what's going on, CP? Uh, yo, so tonight, we're talking about the, the West Coast road trip. Yeah. And tonight, I'm just looking to establish the same thing that we had against the Bulls where... It's an odd position for Knicks and the fans, but we, I just want to establish that we're the better team tonight. Like I just Go out want that to be established throughout. Yeah, I want that a four-quarter um, just out-muscling on the boards. I want good effort. I want Peyton to come out and have his kind of Peyton game where he can take advantage of a, of a weaker opponent. Um, and then, you know, we got three games that I'm really interested in, the Lakers game and the uh, – the the Lakers, Clippers, Suns, and the Nuggets. The Lakers and the Nuggets game I'm not so interested in. I'm interested in the Grizzlies game, the Clippers game, and the uh, Suns game because <laughs> the Grizzlies, we beat them on, on the front end, and they're going to want to beat us. And then the opposite side, the Clippers, we lost to in a game where I felt like we were actually really competitive in. We were, yeah. Uh, we just hadn't grown. We, weren't, we hadn't grown into our, our role that we are right now. And also uh, the Lakers, not the Lakers game, but the uh, the Suns game. I feel like Randall yeah. had an off night, and so did RJ. So did RJ. So I'm looking for our I'm looking for our young guys to bring the energy on the front end of this trip, uh, especially RJ. I want RJ to be. I want RJ to have more of those curl looks with Noel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought you guys really summed up the difference in this year. It's been just shooting more, shooting more looks, trusting guys. I think Reggie Bullock. Uh, really turned it on at uh, after the second half hit. He's been just lighting it up from three and just having more looks now with Alec Burks coming in um, back from COVID. I think that we're going to have more opportunities to establish ourselves as the better team at points in the game. I yeah. think the biggest difference between the Knicks and these groups of teams that they're in is that you look at the Celtics, they're turning it up now or the Hornets, they're just, you know, growing into their skills as, as a basketball team or yeah. the Hawks. You know, the Knicks have brought the effort all 72 games this year. They're going to bring the effort all 72 games. So there's only a few teams at the top that can just rely on, on staying close and then having their closers close. But what I'm looking for is the Knicks to actually, like, scare the living dog, you know what, <laughs> out of those teams in the playoffs. So, so I, really, I really need them to, to – all year in this run that we've had, no matter if we're, like, fringing on that four-point lead, then it gets to a single possession, or on the opposite side of that, we're, we're fringing on that two-possession game, then we get back in and we grab the game. I really think if the Knicks can get in the series, if we get in that position in the first round, mm-hmm. I think we're going to beat those teams because I don't think those teams are that talented. And then if we get into a series against the Bucks, Sixers, and Nets, I really think we're going to scare them. So that that's, that's – mm-hmm. Think that's really major, but in order to get to that point, we have to establish that we're the better team against the Rockets. Tonight. Yeah. So I'm only worried about the Rockets, and then we'll go forward past that. Shout out to everybody in the no chat. Shout out to CP. Next fan, CP. Thumbs up. Salute, bro. Appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the call. Papa left very confident. 
seeing a lot mm-hmm. of confidence in the in the in the fan in the franchise and in, in the fan base right now. Yeah, you know, probably well founded. Yeah, you know, yeah, I would say. Uh, you know, it's it's easy to be confident when the team's playing as good as they are. Uh, I'm telling I think, you. Uh, I think, you know, to to his point there, I, I agree. Like, they do need to – there is something to be said for you need to come out with a show of force in yes. this game. Yes, But the the big thing, too, is the Knicks need to not get too full of themselves. Like, I do think – I it, there were so many games that they played during that really – I guess you call it a really bad stretch, you know, where mm-hmm. – they, they lost all those really close games, and it seemed like the season was maybe at a tipping point. And then luckily that Memphis game came around. They came won. Back. Yeah. And, you know, that set things going back the right direction. But, um, you know, the, I think that they were deal- – I think the Knicks themselves had a little bit of overconfidence at that point. Um, I think that they were – you know, they were getting out to these leads and then feeling themselves and saying, oh, yeah. I think I think we're good. We can take the foot off the gas. And then these teams would go, uh, no, it's the NBA. Like, yeah. we're still yeah. NBA teams. And, you know, the Knicks would end up losing. So they can't do that against the Rockets. Like, the Rockets might suck, but right. they have a, they have NBA players on yeah, the team. They, they got nothing to lose, man. Got nothing to yeah, lose. Yeah, and, and they have Porter. I mean, if you Porter just scored 50 the other night. Like, if you if you let the foot off the gas against him, I mean, he's going to do the same thing to you. Yeah. And you yeah. can't do that against any team in the NBA. I think they finally have kind of learned that during this recent stretch of really good play. And that, that's been one of the biggest differentiators, I think, is that Tibbs finally is – gotten through them of like you guys aren't good enough to take anybody lightly right you're good enough to beat anybody but you're not good yeah. enough to take anybody lightly either you know True. so it's it's like a fine line there but Gotta i, I do hope they win they will, by yeah. enough tonight maybe even to give randall and rj a little rest a little rest tomorrow. yeah that'd be great yeah 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 and then and then you know maybe you get burks in there you try to get your chemistry with the bench going again i think that would be great you know well mm-hmm. one thing about this trip i, I think you know, you know, hopefully it, it builds them up. Hopefully they, they come back battle-tested against some of these top-tier teams, especially some of these teams defensively. You know, Suns, fifth in defense. Clippers, tenth. Lakers have been first. You know, so mm-hmm. the, the Knicks are going to see some tough matchups. That also is, uh, is going to be tough for Julius Randle, you know, mm-hmm. as, as he gets those those double teams and those triple teams and those traps. And, you know, it's going to test his decision-making as well. So maybe they get some takeaways coming back home from this trip on, on how teams are going to be trying to defend them and how they make their adjustments, especially teams that they saw already, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think they've already kind of gotten a taste of that too. Like some teams, the strategy now seems to be double Randall at all costs. Yeah. And other teams, the strategy is just like – play our regular team defense against them. Mm -hmm. You know, if Randall goes off, he goes off. But, you know, we're going to stop everybody else from scoring. Mm -hmm. And I think, strangely enough, the best scenario for the Knicks has been the one where, you know, teams decide we're just going to double Randall all day. Because I think he's proved really adept at not turning the ball over too much in those situations, finding the right guys on the perimeter. And, you know, the Knicks have shown, like, if they they get an open look on the perimeter, it's curtains, you know, it's done. You know, they're going to make that. So... Yeah, I, I kind of hope that's how some of these teams approach it. But the the Lakers will be a really big one, you know, I think as far as seeing a real playoff championship-level defense. I mean, you talk about they've been without LeBron and AD for how long, you know, yeah. during this time, and yeah. they, they still, still are the number one defense in the league, and it's not even really close. They're like two points ahead of the next best team, I think. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, it's it's pretty legit. Like, they're going to be they're gonna be a tough test. The Clippers, you know, if they come at the Knicks full strength, yeah. they're really tough defensively. The Suns, right. we already saw. You know, that's a team that can really bother the Knicks defensively. So it's it's going to be a lot of tests, you know. Yeah. Again, this game, you know, consider it like a warm-up. You know, get right. get your get your gears going again after being off for a few days. But then 
you know, Memphis, you're going to get a very different type of team from the rest of the ones you're going to face. They're going to make you run a lot. Uh, The Nuggets are a pretty good team just on both ends. And then, you know, two great defensive teams to end this. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough times. Yeah. And even, you know, as we speak on defense, even, even Memphis, you know, although they're ranked 22nd, just watching their first matchup, they're very opportunistic team. You know, I mm-hmm. still think they rank up there in steals. I got to double check it in steals and uh, and forced turnovers. And so, again, once they do that and they got Ja, you know, speed demon out there out in transition, that hurts the Knicks twice. The Knicks have to be able to take care of the ball because their transition defense isn't that good. And so that's where Memphis is going to look to capitalize, especially with Ja Morant uh, getting out there and, and getting buckets. So they're going to have to, be, you know, be careful. Certainly have to be careful. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP Alex Wolf here in the Sunday matinee preview in the Knicks West Coast trip. What do you guys think in the chat? Leave us, what do you guys think of this six-game road trip? What do you think they come back home with? What do you think the record is going to be? Leave a comment in the chat, and uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. And if you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new as well. We'll shout you guys out. Now let's take a call from the Discord. Let me hear from my guy Angel in the building. Angel, how you feeling, bro? Yo, what's good, CP? How you doing, bro? What's good, bro? How you feeling, man? Happy Sunday. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, man. Happy Sunday, uh, Alex. How you doing, bro? What's going on? Um, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, listen, I'm I'm good, y'all. I'm, I'm feeling real good. Um, you know, obviously, you know, basketball ain't the same without the Knicks, so it's good to get back on that and watch the Knicks play. Um, but I have a question for you guys. Um, because considering that the media, they always um poo-poo what the Knicks are doing. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, loud and clear. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little choppy, but I can hear you. I, I can hear you. Just go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, obviously it's going to be a make-or-break season right here. We're going to see how good really the Knicks are right now. And, um, you know, the media, you know, they always they never want to get the Knicks credit. So, you know, like I said a couple of days ago, you know, they always say, oh, they have a daunting task against these Western Conference teams. So, mm-hmm. My question to you guys is this. Um, if we were able to beat the Lakers, beat the Clippers, beat the Nuggets, and beat the Suns, would you consider us just a good team? Or, you know, with those wins right there, you can obviously say, okay, this team is ready to, you know, make a push for the conference finals or NBA finals. And, um, you know, we'll just see how it goes. But it's one game at a time, all yeah. 72. Thanks, thanks guys, uh, for taking my car. Appreciate yeah, it. Man. Pre- appreciate it, bro. And Angel's another one, man. He's he's ready to take this West Coast trip on head on, man. He's he's not he's not fearing any of these teams. But I mean, look, if if you're gonna tell me that that you beat on this West Coast trip, that you, beat, what do you say, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Nuggets? I think it was all four of those final four games. You sweep four. those four. I mean, see, the thing is, it, it's hard to to determine playoff outcome because the playoffs, it's it's a different animal, man. This is a seven-game series, you know? Yeah, that's, a, a that's the main series, thing. And you got to think about the teams that the Knicks are going to have to face, right? Right. Like, first round, fine. You know, if it's the Celtics, the Hawks, the the Heat would give me a little pause. Heat would I be think tough. The heat, yeah, I think the Heat really have the Knicks number this year, too. Yeah. But, you know, if it's the Celtics or the Hawks, yeah, all day. I think they can they could beat them in a seven-game series. It might take – you know, I think the best the Knicks could get out of, that, out of either of those series is – five or six games. There's yeah. no way they would, like, sweep or something. They're not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once you get to that next round, I mean, if if you're the 4-5, your next opponent is probably the Nets. Uh, and, 
you know, I would love a world where the Knicks could upset the Nets and make yeah. the conference finals. Yeah. Maybe that world exists, but like we've seen this year, you know, in and you know, you could say, oh, it's kind of a different Knicks team at that time, which is sort of valid. Like, you know, it was they were they were not playing as well, um, mm-hmm. you know, as they are now when they played the Nets uh, the few times, and you know. The, the Nets were shorthanded, though. Also, you got to consider, right. you know, in all those games, they yeah, had yeah. Uh, Durant missing, uh, Durant and Harden basically missing for that most recent one. Uh, they had both Kyrie, well, Harden wasn't with the team yet for the first one, or they had just gotten the trade done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just Durant for the first one. But both those times, like, it was pretty obvious, you know, the Knicks just don't have the firepower to keep up with the Nets right. consistently. And that's fine. I'm not complaining, you know. It's like, it's. We didn't expect them to have enough firepower to keep up with, like, the freaking Hornets this yeah. year, you know? So yeah. sure. <laughs> the fact that we're talking about them in the same sentence. But I just have a really hard time. You know, they, that the Nets team, I mean, that's the big one, obviously. That's mm-hmm. the team you probably have to, to cross over to get to the conference finals. And they just have so much firepower. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, it's, they have closers. You know, they have guys that can consistently just go out there and it's like, all right, we need a three to win the game. Fuck you, get it. Take your pick. Which yeah. one you want to make it? Take your you know? pick. <laughs> so you can only play by good, so much defense on them. After a while, you're going to get out-talented. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, you know, it doesn't matter how great of a season we have and how good a defense we're playing. After a while, the talent shines through for the most part in the NBA and, and definitely in, in a seven-game series. It's a different animal. And yeah. when you're playing these guys that, you know, certain teams like the Lakers and, and even the three guys on the Nets, they can take it to another level that mm-hmm. we just can't reach yet. That's when you have superstars. That's when you have true stars on your team that can take it up a notch. And you're like, damn, I didn't even see this in the regular season. But, that, you know, certain teams can do that. I think Miami can do that, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Butler uh, and those guys being battle-tested. I think Miami can do that. So I don't want to put the cart before the horse. I just want to make the playoffs. Let's, let's lock it in. We've already locked in the, the play-in at the very least. Mm-hmm. So let's just take it there and, and, and see where we end up. And the main thing, too, is that just making the playoffs this year has already found money. Yeah. Nobody thought that was a guarantee. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Vegas thought the Knicks were going to be the worst team in the league or, like, one of the bottom three, you know. Yeah. And look at look at where they're at now. They're nowhere near there. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to – you know, at the very least, give some team a really hard time, um, be it one round or if they make it past the first round or whatever. You know, they're, they're going to put up a good fight, you know, but I just, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to start deluding myself, you know, the delusions of grandeur yeah. of, of Easter Conference Finals and yeah, 1999 Redux kind of thing, you know. Let's let's yeah. just get in, man. Let's just get yeah. in and, and see where we end up, man. That's yeah, it. We already exactly. played with house money, man. The season has been a, 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 a success. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah. let's, let's see some record predictions in the chat. I see a lot of three and threes. BK, Nick, Errol, some dude, some dude saying six and oh. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Junior Karoma, three and three. Yeah. David Fudenick. Shout out David Fudenick representing the LA Knicks. Uh, he's saying three and three. So a lot of three and threes in here. I think that's, yeah. that's fairly realistic. David Claudio sends a super chat, says, can the Nets beat the Knicks with no Harden and KD in a series? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, I believe they can. Yes. I mean, the Knicks didn't beat them once this year, right. you know, and the and the Knicks even had the upper hand in that that game with just Kyrie. Went hard and left. And... Hard and left in the first quarter. We got dominated by Kyrie. Yep. We had Jeff Green looking like Scottie Pippen. Yep. So yeah, I mean, the Nets. They're you know it it sucks to admit because you know you don't want yeah. them to be good, but right. they're a well coached team with 
three really, really good players. And even if the only one that's out there is Kyrie, I mean, he can he's proven he can get buckets on the Knicks without Easily. even trying. You know? Easily. Unless they unless they break the glass on Frank Nilatina and uh decide to throw him on him. Maybe right. that changes things or something, but otherwise he's toasting whoever's on the Knicks. You yeah. Know, it's just it just happens, you know. I, I definitely I mean I think yes, the Knicks could if the if the Nets didn't have either of those two guys, KB mm-hmm. or Harden, the whole series. Sure, they could win that series. I don't I still don't think it's likely. I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that at all. For sure. Uh, salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP and Alex Wolf on the matinee tilts previewing the Knicks West Coast trip. Um, remember the show's available presented by Manscaped as well, man. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NICKS for 20% off plus free shipping. You guys know what I love about these Manscaped. This is the Lawnmower 3.0. It comes with an aerodynamic ceramic blade. Cut down on those nicks. Not the good nicks, the bad ones. Definitely want to make sure you stay away from that. So you keep it safe. It's got an LED light. So whatever you guys are into, if you want to do it in the dark, you can certainly do that as well. Waterproof. Great battery life. And uh, yeah, man, this this is your go-to tool, fellas. It's springtime. Summer's coming up. You definitely want to trim those hedges before you go out on those hot dates. And make sure it's a good night. So make sure you go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NYX for 20% off plus free shipping. All right. He's got to pay the bills a little bit, Al. You know what I'm saying? Gotta I mean, you know, yeah. I, I feel you. Like, yeah. it's important. You know, Very vaccine important. life coming, too. You know, you don't want to be out there looking like a caveman. Yeah, so. yeah. You don't want to be out there looking like Teen Wolf, you know what I mean, below the waist. <laughs> especially when yeah, you're exactly. getting back out there. You know, some, for some of you guys, it's been a while, especially during this pandemic. So make sure you, you're presenting yourself well. All right, so let's go to the phones. Let's go to uh, Will from Harlem. Will, how you doing, bro? Yo, CP, what's good? What's up, Will? How you doing? Yo, man? what's going on, bro? Alex, how y'all doing? Good afternoon. Happy Sunday to you. Gentlemen. You too, man. Happy Sunday to you too. What's up? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man, just want to big you up real quick, man. Long time listener and watcher. I've been rocking with you for about three years now. I want to say, I want to say a few things real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh. Loving what you do, this joint, this is what I do. I don't rock with none of that uh, mainstream media no more because they never give us no love. But second point, I want to say to all the fans that be calling in and, 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 and talking about it, just chill, y'all. We playing with house money like you said, and it's about talent. I called you when we was drafting RG. I said it's about talent. We got a lot of talent now that we didn't have. But, yo, just chill. We good. We're fourth place. I'm liking where we at. We playing with house money. Let's just grow incrementally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Step by step. We play house money, fourth place right now. Let's just be easy. I'm looking at maybe three and three on this West Coast trip. We play these teams tough. We already played the Suns tough. We know what it is. But just be easy, fellas. If we come back, you know, under 500 on the trip, we're all right. We've got three games left. Yeah. And we'll take care of those three teams at the end. But, yo, bro, I appreciate your call. Happy Sunday. I'm loving what you do. Like I said, it's about talent, and we're getting it. And we don't need that love from the mainstream. <laughs> and keep killing Max, dog. Appreciate One. it. I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it, bro. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yes, sir. My God. Knicks <laughs> fan all day, baby. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Will. Appreciate it, man. So to everybody up yes, in all sir. the world, Yeah, too. have a good one. All right, man. Yeah, man, yes, that's, what, that's what I'm saying now. We just, we just got to. Before we put the cart before the horse, let, let's just get out of this West Coast trip, first off, healthy. 
-hmm. No COVID, no injuries, no nothing. Let's get out of it healthy, come home, and and wrap this thing up. Because I feel like this game against the Celtics is going to be pretty big. And I got, you know, don't get greedy either as fans, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's been so long since we even had a good team. Don't right. be like, you know, don't be disappointed if they're not a championship team yeah, this year. Yeah. Just enjoy the ride. Playing, I think this has been a really cool season. money, man. Playing with house yeah. money, bro. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, this whole season's been great. You know, it, the time to be critical is like two years from now. Yeah. You know, like, right. I think, because I think this year, you know, you're going to have the, the two first rounders, the one really early second rounder. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're going to have uh, – some money spent in free agency, but not really a huge free agency class. Like, I think the real test is going to be 2022. Like, Julius Randle's deal expires. They're going to have tons of cap space to work with. You know, RJ won't have to be paid yet for another summer. You know, all that stuff. So, right. that's, the, that's the real test, you know. Like, right now, it's just, it's just like, enjoy the ride. You know, it's fun. I, I think the Knicks are already ahead of where, like, say, the uh, the Nets were, you know, in their rebuild. Yeah, in their rebuild. You know, the, the Knicks are seven games over 500 right now. The Nets – the year before they got uh, Kyrie and Durant were like what two games over five hundred? Yeah, they the were the six seed, I think. Yeah, it was like yeah. they were six seed. I think they were forty two and forty. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, relish this, you know. The mm-hmm. Knicks are way ahead of schedule, and I think you know Randall's a way more legit player than like D'Angelo Russell ever was. Um, you know, the the Knicks are in, in good shape, I think, right now. But we're you know. It's like you said, no, no putting the cart before the horse. Like now, now it's not the time to get too big for your britches, you know. It's yeah. Time to just kind of enjoy the ride. One hundred percent, man. Just looking at the standings, uh, we are one game up on the Hawks, who is sitting in fifth. We are a game and a half up on the Celtics, man. Celtics, the Spurs had the Celtics down tw- up twenty-seven in Boston <laughs> on Friday night and shit the bed terribly. I just see, I just watched the whole thing unfold, and I just said. You know, they were dwindling it down from 15 to 10. I said, this thing's over. Celtics are winning this game easily. Ended up winning in, in overtime. And it turned out to be a good game, actually. Um, Naismith, Naismith started to turn it up, and, and Tatum was just outstanding. Tatum was unstoppable. So we, we missed that opportunity there. So Celtics hanging on by a game and a half behind us. Heat tied with them, 6th and 7th. So, you know, still still a lot of basketball left, man. Yeah, I'm mostly just encouraged by the bottom end of things. Like, the Knicks... There's, I, I mean, I see almost no way that they get lower than seven at this point. Right. You know, it's it, it would have to take a pretty monumental collapse, collapse. for them to fall below the, the Hornets at this point, I think. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel pretty good about that. No matter what, you kind of have the upper hand in the – even if you hit the play-in, you have kind of the upper hand in that situation too. So yeah. I, I like how things are looking right I, now. I like that as well. I like that yeah. as well. And then if we look at str- uh, opponent's strength of schedule, remaining strength of schedule – to everybody in the chat once again. Uh, so right now we're sitting in fourth in terms of uh, opponent total uh, winning percentage. So right now we're sitting in fourth, fourth toughest schedule in the league. Boston is sitting in 26th, Dallas 27th, Atlanta 25th. So you, obviously you can't go, you know, can't count wins and losses off of this, but just just as a guide to see who these teams have left to face. Uh, Boston and, and Atlanta certainly have more favorable schedules than the Knicks do. Obviously, they're factored in the six-game road trip as part of the Knicks being number four in terms of uh, opponent strength of schedule. Yeah, those – I mean, these six games, it can't be understated. I mean, it, it's really tough, man. <laughs> to, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think I think it's very lofty to think that the Knicks could, could take, you know – 
even five yeah. of these games. You know, that it, it's just going to be very tough. You know, when you're talking about being on the road, uh, at least, I think it's just the one back-to-back. I think it's just today and tomorrow is the only right. back-to-back. And then they kind of get it. back to the normal, like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday sort of deal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is good, you know, to get that day of rest between each game then. But, uh, you know, these teams are really tough. I mean, they're, they're facing, like, literally the creme de la creme of the West Coast, yeah. you know, in the Western Conference at this point. Um, there's there's no easy easy wins coming up. So the only way that, that things could potentially get easy, and I just don't see it because of how tight both conferences are right now in the standings, is if one of the teams, you know, like let's say the Clippers feel like they're more or less settled in mm-hmm. to their playoff spot, maybe they're already getting into like, all right, the Knicks are a rough and tumble team that comes in here. They're going to want to beat us up all game. You know, maybe we sit Kawhi and sit, Paul George. Yeah, maybe sit game. PG. But, you know, Clippers, yeah. Clippers a half game out of third. Yep. Yeah, it's also tight. It's yeah, it's like tight. everybody's going to want to get every win yeah. for the rest of this, this stretch, particularly yeah. all the teams the Knicks are facing. Right. Lake Lakers um, in the dogfight themselves. They're trying to stay yeah. out of the playoff game, playing game. LeBron just getting back, so you know they're going to be ready to go. Uh, Nuggets, yeah. you know, they're, they're still two and a half out. They're two and a half out of second, three out of first. That's that's still doable, especially with the Jazz, because I, I know the Jazz are um, they're down Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Right now. So uh, the Suns just beat them. Suns coming off a, a win over the Jazz and the Clippers this, this past week. And the Nuggets, likewise to the Knicks, you see right there, 9-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, their last 10 games, the they're, they're hot, bro. very, very hot as well. So that's another Nug- team you really got to look out for. Nuggets are hot, man. They have not skipped yeah. a beat since Murray's gone down. Michael Porter Jr. stepping his game up. Gordon's playing well. Compadzo playing well. Um tough yeah Austin Rivers again man. Austin Austin Rivers. Rivers. Oh, you know Austin Rivers is going for the Austin Rivers game against yep. us he's going to be trying to microwave quickly as somebody on that second unit man yeah so, yeah it, I, I'm kind of curious if the Nuggets face the Jazz anymore for the rest of the season because because Rivers cooked the Jazz when he was with the yeah, Knicks let's, that, let's the, the Nuggets were probably like looked at that tape and that was probably part of why they brought him on <laughs> yeah they got eight left the Nuggets and are they playing the Jazz left they yes in Utah May seventh Friday May seventh Nuggets an and Jazz showcase game right yeah, there man yeah. he loves he loves that Utah yeah, he not loves the Knicks it. in general yeah he man. does <laughs> so so that'll definitely be interesting so to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys we're gonna take a couple more from the phones we'll be back tonight Knicks versus Rockets post game live to get all your takeaways from tonight's game and uh, a couple announcements real quick a lot of you guys have been asking about the blue snapback. That will go on sale tomorrow. The blue all-star KFTV snapback is going on sale tomorrow. So check back at the Knicks Fan TV store. Once we release it, we'll, we'll send out a blast and let everybody know. But make sure you guys check that out. Don't miss it because it's, it's a limited run on these snaps. So make sure that you get yours in time for the playoffs. And once again, you can go to the Knicks Fan TV store, which is uh, Creator. Stat bet dash spring. We'll throw it in the link. We'll, we'll throw the link into the chat to make sure you guys have it and you don't miss it. And then also Monday, uh, before the Knicks versus Memphis game, Jerry Ferrara is coming through to chop it up for for a fan Q and A man. So if you guys have questions for Jerry, you want to chop it up with him, call in Monday. That's tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to be the pregame show uh, before the Knicks and Grizzlies tip off. So going to be uh, action packed week. As, as we kick things off out west. All right, let's go to the phones again. He's usually the closer, Al, but he wanted to get in early since this is matinee. <laughs> and he wants, to, he wants to conserve energy for tonight. 
Jay Boogie on the line right now. Jay Boogie, what's going on, bro? Salute, salute, salute. Three capital S's. Salute, salute, salute. <laughs> Y'all know my lingo. Everybody continue on staying healthy and staying safe. Please, please. That thing is still out here. Yeah. I know the world is getting better, but that don't mean we start slipping. Continue on staying healthy and safe and stay with the protocol. Shout out to my GM, CP, the young Fred Williams, CP, the GM. That's general manager. Also, let me ex ex explicitly say this. Great man. Understand, GM, great man. Shout out to my man Wolf. I don't need the man Jack. I got him right here in the building, you know. Y'all know what time it is, man. We out here daytime action. Yeah, big game tonight. Ain't no time to lollygag. This is a must win. Any game that we supposed to win, we supposed to win. We must win this game tonight because we got bigger games coming on later on. So this is how you start this road trip. But I'm not worried about nothing. I've been going back and forth with Scarface down in Houston about this game on the phone. You know, amping with him all day long about this game. We got to handle our business. Don't forget, they just put 143 points up on Milwaukee. Yeah. Them guys is looking for jobs. Them guys is looking for contracts. Them guys is looking for ways to feed their family. So they come out here with a hunger, especially they just lost last night. So we got to go in there and knock their head off. Don't even play no games. But ever since the beginning of the season, a lot of teams been taking off with a 100-yard dash. But, you know, sprinting. We ain't been taking no 100-yard sprints. We've been doing hurdles. We've been hurdling fences. We've been hurdling the hurdles. We've been jumping obstacle. Some of us been getting OJ Simpson with the with the suitcase hurling up there in the hunts, you know. We still doing hurdles because a lot of people still don't believe what we're doing and what we overcoming. But I'm gonna tell you, when when Mitch went down, first thing they were saying, oh we ain't got no big men. We ain't got no big men. Now what Noel is doing and what Todd Gibson is doing, they handling their business, you know. Point blank. When the All-Star break came, uh, we celebrated Julius making a, becoming an All-Star. But as everybody was like, oh, man, we got this All-Star break. Tough schedule. 16 and 10. Point blank. Yeah. Then we went on a nine-game uh, nine strip and just ran off with games. And I know we didn't get the 10th game, but we still got 10 and 1. You know what I'm saying? That's 10 games inside, what, the 36 games where we at now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We handling our business, you know? And that's what you got to love, appreciate, and respect the most. Every time somebody dies, us about something, we always get a, get aboard and hurdle the obstacles, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I look for us to continue on doing. I share that to say this right here, you know, we know how to go against the grain. When everybody say we can't do this, we do that. We handle our business. And that's why I love and appreciate that orange and blue so much right here, right now. Stand up, stand up, stand up with this orange and blue. Hit them like buttons. And don't just put the thumbs up. Hit them like buttons. It's third. It's, it's, it's Sunday. You know, it's beautiful day in North North Carolina, I know it's beautiful where you at, you know what I'm saying? Happy Mother's Day to everybody, just in case I don't, you know, I don't talk on that Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I celebrate my mother every day. But when Mother's Day comes, I tell my mom, yo, kick your feet up. Don't even be no mother today, because you're a mother every day. So I don't wait until a holiday come to tell me how to celebrate my moms, yo. Salute to y'all. Continue on doing what you're doing. Stay healthy and stay safe. Let's handle our business tonight. We got the Rockets. Handle your business. It's a bump game. I don't care if we win or lose. We are supposed to win. I'm not calling on bum nights. Y'all already know that. So let me give y'all the energy and the uplift for it right here, right now. God bless you all on this Sunday, man, and enjoy your day, man. Peace. Salute. Salute, Jay Boogie. <laughs> Throw some fives in the chat for Jay Boogie. That's right, Al. I forgot. He, he doesn't call on bum nights. On the nights he expects a W, he does not call. He'll call on the big games, win or lose. 
Nice. Yeah, that was wonderful, man. That was great. I saw a guy. When, when are you hiring Jay Boogie? You know, when are you, when are you getting him? Yeah, we, 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 we're talking about a spinoff show. We, we're talking, man. We're talking. <laughs> Jay, Jay Boogie needs his own his own <laughs> platform, man. He needs his Jay own Boogie's platform. Jay Boogie's corner, right? <laughs> yeah, Jay Boogie says. You know what I'm saying? So that, that that's our guy. We had a good time at the game on Monday against Phoenix. Was it this past Monday? Yeah, I think, yeah. It was this past Monday. Tough loss, but uh, it, it was great, you know, just, just being out there. It was me, Chuck D, Jay Boogie was there. A couple other guys within the community were there as well. So we, we all had a great time. And, and uh, yeah, it was good to see everybody, man. So shout out to Jay Boogie for sure. And, you know, Jay Boogie, giving credit. He called in earlier this year. He said we're getting the top eight. He said, we're getting in the, he said, forget the plane. We're getting a top eight seed. And right now we're sitting in fourth, sitting pretty in fourth. So he's kept the faith all year. Angels kept the faith all year. And this, this team is clicking, man. Certainly proud of the effort, no doubt about it. And defying all odds, against all odds, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, it, it's, it's like we keep saying, it's just all found money this year, man. Yeah. It's just, when, when, you, when you got a team that's overachieving, you can't lose. You yeah. Know? It, your team might lose, but it's. It doesn't matter because, like. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Expected them to, you know, to not do as much as they've already done. Yeah. You know, so like if the Knicks didn't win another game this whole regular season, I'd still say, I mean, it would be disappointing based off the the precedent they've set here. Right. But if they lost out and, you know, ended up the whatever, 9-10 in the play-in, I would still come out of the season saying, hey, you know what? You know, there's enough good signs in this. You get, you know, most of the team is all young. It's not like this is, you know, I loved the mellow years for what they were, but those mellow years always came with that sense of dread of like, oh, if they don't do it this year, like, when are they ever going to do yeah. it? You know? Yeah. Uh, now it's like you're, you're building this all around a 26-year-old who's just coming into his own. You know, you have a, a 20-year-old, your literal youngest player on the team is your second best player. Yeah. Um, you know, you got Quickly and Mitch and uh, all these guys that are so young that are contributing so well. Obi's on the upswing. You know, I still think if Frank ever gets a chance, Frank will prove to be a good, you know, mm-hmm. versatile defender. Mm-hmm. Got good veterans on the team. Derek Rose probably going to play here on a minimum for the rest of his career. You know, just because he wants to play with Tibbs. Yeah. You know, it's it's a great feeling. It's a it's wins. A, like this is easily the most feel good season I've had as like a Knicks fan. You know, as someone who's thirty years old, came onto the team in '99, but like, you know, I, I couldn't appreciate it enough back then. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so since then, you know, I would say this even more so than twelve thirteen. This is the most feel good season they've had because it's just twelve thirteen. You said to yourself, "Oh, it's full. The team's full. Of all these old guys, you know, 
yeah. very thin line you're walking here. Like if, exactly. Yeah. And then you saw the next year you messed with that chemistry just enough, and then all of a sudden they're not a playoff team anymore. all the way down the tubes, man. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's never been the same since then. So this year it feels like it's building something. Yeah. That's It's great. So much fun this year. That's, that's a lot of wins, man. Like you said, Julius is uptick. I mean, uptick. He's been a, he's been a star for this team. RJ, second year, bouncing off the rookie struggles. Emmanuel quickly jumping onto the scene. You know, how about Tibbs? From 1 to mm-hmm. 15, they are locked in, and they are in lockstep with this coach, man. And, yes, it's the first year. You know, still a honeymoon phase. But for a first year, he, he's got this locker room, man. They have his attention. He, they, they, he, he has their respect. He has their attention. And, and I think that's, that is a huge factor in how they play. And the effort that they bring every night, they hold each other accountable. You got Pinson out there coaching, you know, doesn't even play. And, and they want this guy back on a multi-year deal. The, the chemistry, the locker room is tight, man. They, they're a tough-knit unit. Yeah, and I think the the one thing, too, I, I forget why I brought this up recently. might have been might have been on Locked on Knicks. I don't know. I forget. But the, the one thing is that, like, the, the Tibbs is setting up such a system, too, you know, that I almost feel confident that, if some of these guys, you know, you want to bring back some guys if you can, yeah. but say Burks hits free agency and, you know, he's going to command a big-time multi-year deal from some team that wants to pay him. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Noel, some team wants to pay him to be their starting center. Which, you know, if some team wants to do that, more power to them, more power right. to Nerlens because I think he's probably earned it at this yes, point. Yes, I agree. But, but, like, you know, the Knicks don't have to scramble and pay those guys because I think Tibbs has set up such a system here that it's almost like, this probably stings for a lot of New York fans, but it's kind of like similar to me, at least to like Belichick in New England, where yeah. it's just the system is important, you know, right. and, and maybe even transcends the players to some degree. Right. Um, where, you know, I think that you could find another player to slot into Nerlens's role that maybe wouldn't be quite as good as he is. I mean, he's been uh, so good. I he's mean, you know, good. as far as steals and blocks and how good the team is on defense with him out there, very, very awesome. But you know, you could probably find another center to put out there, and if you train them up long enough under Payne and uh, Tibbs, you know, they could probably fill into that role behind Mitchell Robinson and give you something similar for a much lower cost point than what Noel gives you. And maybe Pell um, was some insurance. Who knows? He, he may yep. not be as good, but they did sign him to a multi-year deal. Uh, maybe Pell is some insurance in case you do lose Nerlens or you lose Mitch. Who knows? And you, and you get Taj still cycling his uh, PEDs, I guess, you know, and <laughs> being as good as he is in his He's mid-30s. He's in the TV-12 you know? program, man. Taj is in the TV-12 yep. program. Yeah, yeah, or, uh, or or Balco, you know, he's yeah, got the, yeah. the Barry Bonds. His head looks the same size, though, so yeah. I think we're good there. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We'll take a couple more questions before we wrap. B-Sun in the chat, send a super chat. He says, who do you think would win a Knicks Celtics series, and how many games would it go? Uh, I mean, I want to say the Knicks. I can't say with any certainty, right. you know, but I would probably, I would say, I think the Knicks could do it. I mean, we've seen they, the, so far, you know, the results against the Celtics this year and, uh, have been, you know, one embarrassingly one-sided win for the Knicks. Yes. Uh, and one game, which was one of those ones, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, where they sort of took their foot off the gas and, and got, you know, burned by the Celtics uh, coming back and winning it. Mm-hmm. So... I think they could win. Yeah, I, 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 think so. I would say it would probably be a seven-game series, though. Yeah, 
if I was going to guess. And it might come down to those home games. You know, the Knicks right. play so well in the Garden. Right. I think it would take that 25% capacity energy to get yes. them across the finish line there. Uh, that's um, what I would say. Being in the fourth seed would certainly help. And, yeah. and I think it would go 6-7. But I think we could beat Boston, definitely. They're, they're not mm-hmm. the same team. Definitely not the same team defensively, although they still have Smart. Yes, he's, he's still a very good player. Jalen Brown gives you a plus defense. Um, but they're not the same team. And and I think the Knicks can definitely match up well with them. I think Boston still has point guard issues. Even I think Kemba Kemba with the injuries and whatnot, he, he's he's certainly coming down. You still give you a, a good game here and there, but he, he can't play back to backs for them. So the injury, the the load management is certainly there. Um, obviously Tatum is a bucket. You know Brown can get you good buckets. I don't think the Celtics have the depth that they've had in the past. You know losing Hayward mm-hmm. uh, was certainly big. I think losing Tice hurt their defense as well. Even mm-hmm. though Tristan Thompson, Mr. Kardashian, he'll play, he'll give you a tough game every now and again. You know, yeah. Mr. Kardashian. And I think uh, I think another big thing too is that the Celtics are just a team that the Knicks match up very well against. That's what I think. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, like they don't have that big like a Joel Embiid or a Nikola Jokic or whatever. I think those are the teams that would give the Knicks the most trouble. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's tough for you know without Mitch there to supplement that, you know, the Knicks just don't have a guy that can consistently guard one of those, like, top-tier big men Yeah. um, on a night-to-night basis without potentially getting into foul trouble and stuff. And, uh, you know, we've seen some exceptions. Like, Noel has had some games where he's really balled out, same with with Taj, but over a seven-game series, you got to figure that sort of talent would be the the differentiator, you know, if you're facing the Knicks. Whereas, you know, with, with Randall, like, Randall can cover Tatum, I think, reliably. Yeah. I mean, Randall's been D'ing up. Everybody. He's mm-hmm, been up mm-hmm. point guards if he mm-hmm. needs to. You know, he, he's he's playing fantastic defense. Probably the most underrated part of how good he's been this year. Um, and then, you know, RJ is a great matchup on Jalen Brown. Right. Um, even Alfred Payton, I think, is a good right. enough matchup on Kemba. Alfred Kemba, yeah. I like um, all matchups here. I like you all know, I, I just You know, and then, and then if you bring in Rose, like Rose has been playing great defense, I think. Um, Rose on Pritchard. Rose and Quickly yeah. and Pritchard. I mean, Quick Quickly did, sure. did fairly well. And Pritchard's tough. You know, mm-hmm. Pritchard's a tough uh, tough kid and certainly been playing better for them off the bench. I see Neesmith. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to have a role in the playoffs, but uh, he, he was certainly a catalyst. In that uh, in that win over the Spurs, but overall, I don't think they have the same depth that they did last year, and I think the Knicks should be able to beat them in in a series. Yeah. I love the one comment, Phase One, in the comments. Damn, is Kemba that messed up? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Kemba, man, you know that's my guy, man, New York guy. But it, you know, with the knee injury, he doesn't play back to backs anymore. Yeah, anymore. yeah, so, yeah. And it's just, I mean, he's he's definitely lost a step. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt. The injuries have sapped him of yeah. a lot of what made him good. I don't know if he's, like, super mega-washed, you know, like no, he's not, like, no, no. ready to be out of the league or anything, but, yeah. you know, he's, yeah, he's he's struggling he, he, a little He's bit. clearly taking a step back, you know, from the yeah. Charlotte Kemba days, unfortunately, so. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the story there. So, to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs-up button for you boys. Uh, let's see some of the mailbag questions. Angel says, uh, if you beat the Lakers or LeBron. Okay, so he, he called in with that question. Uh, Triple M, my guy, Mario, a.k.a. Tequila Tito is what they call him. Says, uh, realistic scenario, you see the Knicks coming back home from the road trip in terms of West Coast record and where they'll be in the standings. So I think we did we said three and three. And where mm-hmm. they'll be in the standings, I mean, hopefully no less than fifth. Yeah, I, I just hope that, you know, your hope if you get – I think the big thing is, like, don't, don't count on other teams right. to 
influence the standings for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Don't mm-hmm. count on luck. Like, if the Knicks can just hold serve and, and stay 500, then you're daring every other team. Like, all right, we're still seven games above 500 right. after this really tough West Coast trip. So you're going to have to do better than 500 if you want to gain any ground on us. Yeah. And I think that's the strategy, you know. And it's not like other teams won't have games that they could potentially lose as well. Right. You know, it's not like some of these the teams Hawks aren't dealing with Trae injuries Young. and everything else. So. Yeah, Hawks know. Yeah. Well, we, there's, I haven't heard a timeline for Trey Young. Celtics up and down, Heat up and down. So, mm-hmm. you know, as you said, if we finish this thing with 500, I, I like I like our chances of staying within fourth and fifth. And then, yeah. you know, you take care of business against Charlotte, got to take care of business against the Celtics. And then mm-hmm. we see and where Spurs, we are. And Spurs, who we just mentioned. And the Spurs, you know, and the Spurs, yeah. Blew yeah. it big time yeah. against the Celtics the other day. They're very beatable. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So to my guy JD Sports talking in the chat, he sends a super chat. He says, uh, "CP, is it me or does it feel like the Knicks haven't played in a week? Excited about the Burks return might mean less Peyton. Also, did we make a mistake not considering Kevin Porter Jr.? I said yes, bro. I so should... uh, yeah, I'll address both yeah, those things. Yeah. The first thing, does it feel like a long time? It does. And yeah. it, as someone, we were talking about this before the show, as people that are creating content and stuff. It's yeah. not like a vacation. Facts, facts, <laughs> man. I feel rejuvenated, man. Uh, yeah, do nothing like a three days off, you yeah. know, when you've only been used to max like one, maybe two days yeah. for most of the time lately. So that's that's been great. Um, I actually don't think they made a mistake hmm. as far as Kevin Porter. And here's why. Like, he's proven to be, uh, you know, he proved in Cleveland to be a very volatile personality. Yeah. And, it, you know, he probably still is kind of volatile personality. Right. You know, I, I don't think he's done anything to necessarily completely, you know, poo-poo that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that this team is so much about chemistry and about all these guys, you know, are super humble, it seems like, you know, any given player can play zero minutes mm-hmm. on any given night and or, you know, play way less. You know, even, even like Alfred, you know, for all that he gets from the fan base and everything, I mean, he he's very humble about, you know, he isn't, said anything about the not playing minutes lately and all yeah. that, um, you know, and, and quickly and, you know, RJ even, RJ sits fourth quarters and people want to make a big stink out of it and mm-hmm. RJ gets asked about it. He just says, it's whatever, it's everybody else is playing well, we got the win, who cares? You know, he, he's not complaining. Um, you know, Obi, all these, it's like all yeah. the young guys on the team are very humble, very cool with the idea of like, I could play. 10 minutes one night, I could play zero minutes, I could play 30 minutes, you know, it's right. it, it's very fluid, True. and they don't seem to really care too much, you know, whereas Porter, the whole thing was he was he was mad in Cleveland that he wasn't getting enough minutes, because he thinks, and I mean, maybe rightfully so, maybe not, that he's going to be a potential superstar in the NBA, um, and, and, you know, I think he found the right situation in Houston, where they had a ton of minutes to give out, because they just traded James Harden, and they got basically nothing in return. And, you know, they it's like, all right, well, someone's got to play. Uh, so Porter's been playing big minutes. He's been making the most of it. But I, I also, you know, with how he's been from a temper perspective, who knows when that flips. You know, it's I, I think the Knicks did the right thing. You know, you can look at it all you want and say, oh, maybe they should have gone with it. You know, they should have taken the chance. You know, how, how what were they thinking? Why didn't they? I w- you I can would say that about any one of a number of NBA successes. Well, players, I would say know? this. I, w- I would say I hope at the very least that they did their homework. And I, I, I had said in the yeah. beginning when he was made available that they would know better than anybody. With Brock Aller having just left mm-hmm. there, his relationship mm-hmm. with Kobe Altman, he maybe he picked up the phone and called and said, what's the situation? Or already knew you know, what the kid's temperament was. So I would have to think that they would have, have at least done their homework on the situation. It was To me, it was a low-risk move. 
Um, I look at the Spreewell situation back in the day when when they took a chance on Spree. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. know. I, I thought he I thought he could have came in and body slammed Van Gundy. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, he, he became a fan favorite very early. So you, you never know. I, sometimes it's just you know young man issues, or maybe he matures. But the talent is, is certainly there, man. Talent, yeah. talent is certainly there. So. Um, it's for sure. I, yeah. I I think if the Knicks were in a slightly different situation this year, they might have done it differently. Yeah. But yeah. I think given the fact that they were already sort of on this trajectory to be roughly where they are now, mm-hmm. that they didn't ultimately do it. If they if things were not going as well this year, and let's say the Knicks had gone into the deadline as sellers, like let's say that they actually were somewhat close to what Vegas had them at. Maybe mm-hmm. not quite as bad, but let's say they were cruising towards, you know, the 11th, 12th, you know, record in the conference or whatever. Uh, maybe then they would have traded Burks, Bullock, whoever else. Right. And, and then said, okay, you know, we'll do that. Take and then take the flyer on Porter and just right. see what he's got. Because we're, we're going to give everybody a shot now. You know, we're going to play Randall less to keep Thank you for using for Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see how that all goes. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't have a huge issue with it. It's, yeah. it's Everything's always about FOMO in the league. You know, it's yeah, like, oh, why didn't my team think to do that? It's true. like, well, why didn't 25 teams think to yeah. draft Emmanuel quickly? You know, but the Knicks did. Yeah, we, we got that win this year, so take what you can get. Especially Michael Porter Jr., man. To be honest, I, I, can't, I really can't watch those highlights, man. I, <laughs> I watched those Nuggets game with one eye open, man. I'm telling you, I, I can't see that kid getting started cooking, man. Mikal Bridges, yeah. man. Watching Mikal Bridges go off in live and in, in, in living color and at, at, at MSG. That yeah. was tough to watch, man. I'm not I would say the two bridges always hurts more than <laughs> Porter to me. Because yeah. I, I never fall. The the situation with Porter's medicals was so right. shaky at the time. I never faulted them for that one. Even Terry West passed on twice. Right? Yeah, exactly. So. And they had two shots and, and zero risk. You know, mm-hmm. they were already a good team that they, they didn't need those two picks. You know, or they were, like, good enough. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but, yeah, the uh, – the, the two bridges always kind of, always kind of bug me a little bit, but you know it is what it is. It's yeah. nothing you can do about it now. No, Different regime too, you know. It's it very much like uh, Scott Perry's draft philosophy is like, mm-hmm. is just like go for the intangible, you know, go for the length and the the potential based right. off the physical profile more so than the skill profile. And you know, I think we've seen a little bit of a, a change in philosophy with this front office yeah. with how they prioritize going after quickly and stuff. So agreed. I agree, man. And, and I was at the the game against Phoenix, and and as Mikal Bridges is, is going off, I look down at the because by the bench it's uh it's Perry, Worldwide West, and and Leon Rose right by the bench. So I'm looking down, I'm like, what the hell is Scott Perry thinking to himself right now? Mikal Bridges cashing in two big three pointers in the fourth quarter. Knox is sitting there on the bench. I'm just like, oh man, this this is tough to see, man. Tough to watch, bro. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys, CP and Alex Wolf in here talking about the West Coast trip and, and just uh, vibing with the fans, man. Once again, if you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new. Uh, the Blue Snaps going on sale tomorrow, so make sure you guys tune in, and I'll drop the link to the store. And Jerry Ferrara tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern time, before the Knicks and Grizzlies coming through to Knicks Fan TV, so make sure you guys keep it locked there as well. Uh, quick correction, they, they said Trey Young came back last night, so he played last night, so Trey Young is back uh, for the Hawks. I'm actually glad to hear that. Yeah. I, I, I felt kind of bad. I, I, I hope that that wasn't too bad of an injury, because yeah. they're, they're a feel-good story, too, this year. Yeah. I mean, they're different. They have different expectations, but... For sure. 
it's good to see the Hawks good too. You know, it's like when it's people say the the league is good when the Knicks are good. I think the league's good yeah. when the Hawks are good too. It, it's it's interesting because you know when when they made their free agent splashes, um, some people applauded it. The expectations were there, and then others just didn't see you know how these guys fit. But I mean, Bogdanovich has stepped his game up in a major way. I think the Lou Williams trade was a good one for them. Uh, yeah. Herder stepping up, you know, and, and Herder. We're gonna see how it looks in the in the playoffs, right? Like that's yeah. a big thing that people are. It's like, was it right to spend that amount of money to try to build around Trey Young? Like, is he right, a guy that right. you can actually win with? Right. You know, with that weak point of attack defense and all yeah. that that he offers. But, I mean, you had to at least give it a shot. You Luckily, they, the they didn't give out too much super long-term money. Yeah. You know, so they could give it a shot with him, and then when it comes time to pay Trey Young, then they can make their decisions. But Yeah, you got to take the risk, man. I, I don't blame yeah. him for it. You know, this yeah. is the Hawks, man. You, you capitalize when you can. How many free agent splashes have the Hawks made in, in, their, in their lifetime, you know? Yeah. You, you got to take it when you can. So we'll see where they end up, but hopefully it's not over us. Salute to Scotty C in the chat. Thanks for the super chat, Scotty C. Okay, last question on the Twitter mailbag is from Fuego Fredo 23 he says, what's the future for these young guys? And he points to RJ, Kev, Quickly, Frank, Mitch, Obi, and Julius. You want, Should we just do, like, like quick hitters on each one? Yeah, quick, quick yeah, let's do quick hitters. What, what right. do you think the future holds here? So, RJ, I would say uh, future, at least one all-star appearance, uh, hopefully Nick for life, but... I, I think in general, RJ RJ is on the upward trajectory. He's going to be part of this team's future. For yeah, sure. I hope I so. Stay with him. I hope so. I've, I've said on the show, I feel like RJ can turn into the next New York sports um, icon. You know, similar to to Broadway Joe. To G, I may, again, hopefully with the cachet, hopefully with the rings, with the jewelry, but just that mm-hmm. respect. You know, I, I talk about a guy that didn't get the jewelry was Don Mattingly. You, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean. That type of uh, folk hero, New York, the lunch pail guy, that the, the guy that the city rallies behind, and and I think RJ could really be that guy, man. He has a temperament for it, he has a work ethic for it, he has a mental toughness for it, the mental fortitude, and he's only 20 years old. So I'm with you. I, I think he's he can reach the all star potential, and and I hope he's a Nick for for his career, for his entire career, man. You know, I'm not a. Uh... I'm not a Yankees guy. I'm a Mets guy. So, yeah. so pardon me if, if I'm overstepping here. <laughs> but I do – you mentioned Jeter, and I, I could actually see that with him. Like, Jeter, yeah. fantastic player, Hall of Famer, of course. But, you know, you could argue on some of his teams he wasn't even necessarily the best player, but That's he's right. always the most beloved. Right. Like, I think that could be RJ's future, me too. potentially. Me too. You know, if, if it's Randall or even if they get another star and RJ is maybe the third best player, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be the guy that – that fans always gravitate to regardless, yeah. you know, because he's just, he's so likable. He's such a hard worker. He just, it's sort of like the Frank effect, but, you know, obviously I think RJ has proven to have more, more talent at this point, Agreed. but, you know, people love to root for Frank, you know, because he's just such a nice kid and, you know, yeah, RJ's yeah. such a good kid too. You just like, you just want him to succeed and you want the, the team to be his eventually. True. True story, um, man. Um, let's move to Knox and, and this yeah. will, will coincide with uh, CT Pittman's, um, Super Chat, which he says, what's the key to unlocking Knox? He's proven he can shoot a lot better. So uh, let's tie those two together. The future and, and the keys to unlocking Kevin Knox. Unfortunately, I feel like Knox is probably going to be part of a trade package yeah. before his rookie deal is up. Yeah. As sort of a sweetener, you know, just a little little Splenda in a, in a deal to yeah. get it done. Um, but 
if if he sticks around, you know, the key to unlocking him, I would say, I still think it's playing him as a four. Um, and we haven't seen that that much this year. I think because the Knicks have a really defined four-five, uh, you know, rotation. Like they have Randall playing thirty-seven, you know, thirty-eight minutes, whatever. Obi stopping yeah, up whatever that. other yeah. minutes that Randall doesn't play. That makes it really hard to find minutes at the four for him, unless you want to opt to have one of those two guys play the five. But then when healthy, the Knicks have three guys that can cycle through the five too and and are pretty integral to the defense that they kind of hang their hat on. So I I do think that the key to unlocking Knox, whether it's here or some other team, is going to be putting him as a stretch four because I think throughout his career, you know, we talk about how his defense is no good, but I think it's mostly that he can't defend the perimeter. He's just a little too slow-footed. Yes. I've always said I think he has pretty good instincts, you know, just anecdotally. I don't have any, like, stats in front of me, but – when he gets matched up against bigger guys, he has a really good knack for, like, poking the ball away from mm-hmm. them and creating a turnover that way or, you know, having just enough strength and length to kind of bother them enough to to force a bad shot or whatever. I, I think that's his future defensively, and that's how you could best utilize him offensively, yeah. too, in the future. Agreed. I'm with you. I, I think Kev gets dealt um, on his deal. I think Kev does get dealt, unfortunately. I, I like Kev. I wanted to see it work out for him. You know, he, he, I go back to that Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month, you know, back in that December of uh, 2018, was it? You know, in Summer League, man. Summer like, League, Kev. <laughs> you know, he showed us some flashes, man. And he showed us the ability to put the ball on the floor, you know, and get out in transition and use that length. But it's uh, for some reason, it's just he's just taking a step back. And then I think with them drafting Obi. Putting him, as you said, in that four spot. Obi's their pick. Obi's their guy. Kev, to a lesser extent. And so he hasn't gotten those minutes at the four. It's come very sparingly. Corner boy Kev was a thing, though, earlier this season, man. Mm-hmm. He was he was, he was was 50% from the corners. And, and he and Julius had that chemistry. But his playing time just, just dwindled from there. So I think the key for him is, one, being able to defend. I think at the four would be more ideal. And, and Kenny, is there an intermediate game rather than just um, 3 and D. You know, can he put the ball on the floor, get to the basket, and finish? I, I just feel like he has the size and, and the skill set to do so, but for some reason it just, just doesn't come together for, for, for Kev. Yeah, and it's like you really have to rack your brain to think back to, like, oh, what were we thinking about him a year ago, two years ago? And I, and I remember some of the stuff was, like, you know, he could get – he was good in transition, but – struggled with finishing a little right. bit. And then, you know, when he was put in situations like running pick and rolls or whatever, which low-key he's still pretty good at. Like, he throws a good lob yeah. to a, a big man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when he was in those situations, he would have to get to the hoop or whatever. The big thing was he would shy away from contact so much that it would it would make it so he couldn't draw the foul. Right. And then, you know, he also couldn't even get a good attempt off because he was leaning so far exactly. away from contact. Exactly. Um, so those would be things he would have to work yeah. on too. I still stand by, I mean – I, it, he's still young. He's only 21 years old now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could uh, potentially still, I guess, meet my ceiling comp for him, which was uh, like a Richard Lewis type player. Mm. Uh, I just don't. I, I think the clock's ticking yeah. at this point. Yeah. So. That that's right, man. Um, IQ. Uh, I, part of the team for a long time. You know, he's probably going to be i think the most valuable contract in the league yeah uh sooner than later making only like one and a half million dollars for the next three years after mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. so it was actually pretty brilliant you know a lot of people complain like oh the knicks could have gotten him in the second round 
it's actually pretty brilliant that they had him on a first round contract because then you're not going to run into this the situation like you're going to run into a Mitch, Mitch this summer, right? Uh, potentially having to pay him a year early, right? So uh, that works out great, and yeah, he'll be one of the most valuable contracts in the league. If his floor is a fantastic scoring six man, mm-hmm. um, his ceiling is all star. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we'll see where he gets with it, but I, I have very high hopes for him, and and I, I've very little in the way of worries as far as he's concerned because yeah. he has that same uh, you know unimpeachable work ethic like RJ does. Right, and he, he already is unleashing that elite skill in the league, which is his shooting ability and mm-hmm. getting to the line, his ability to to to, to, to draw fouls, um, like a vet. And I felt like in the Chicago game that really came back, uh, especially in that fourth quarter, he's able to draw two quick fouls and. I feel like early in the season he was getting those calls. Later in the season, whether it was teams adjusting or the refs just not giving him the benefit of the doubt, I I don't think he was getting them as much. So he kind of – it turned into, like, bad shots, you know, forcing bad shots. But he picked it up well in the Chicago game. I hope he's here long term, bro. I'm just thinking – I just feel like they're going to be looking to make a trade, man, within these next two years, bro. Maybe, uh, you know, and if they are, then maybe you have to come to grips with losing quickly or even losing RJ, you know, depending on how good the the offer is or whatever. But I guess we'll see. Um, The reality is you got to give up something together. You got to give up something. You know, you look at at the Harden trade, it was four picks plus Mm -hmm. a Dynamo and Levert and an Mm -hmm. up and coming big in Jared Allen, man. And that's paid a hefty price for that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, those first may not be worth much down the road, but in, in two ready-to-play players, young players on the rise, that, that was yeah. a big price. Yeah, you got to love Houston, too, just deciding to pass on LeVert now on LeVert. for some reason. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> R- ridiculous, man. All right, Frank, what's, what's your outtake on Frank? I actually, I mean, this probably isn't, isn't rooted in anything that's actually going to happen but i just got it's just a gut feeling i feel like they are going to re-sign him this summer wow okay um i know he's kind of falling out of the rotation now but i i can't think of a good reason for it and it's almost making me put my tinfoil hat on kind of like uh like i did with Dotson last Mm -hmm. year where Mm -hmm. i kind of thought they were sort of suppressing his value i thought you know the guy comes on the floor and every single year or sorry every single game that he gets out there provides a positive impact yeah and, yeah, he's not getting playing time. And coincidentally, right before his contract year, you know, like right before his contract negotiation phase. So, I don't know. And also, you got to consider, too, like RJ is a part of the future, and he and Frank seem to be best buddies. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if all Frank is going to command from somewhere else is like $2, 3000000 million, maybe the Knicks look at that and say, all right, fine. You know, keep RJ happy, we'll do that. We'll keep right. him on the bench, and he's a good – if nothing else, I mean, I think he could be more, but if nothing else, he's a good break in case of emergency defender to have on the team. Right, right. Um, so I guess we'll see the, the extent to which they still like him. But I, I think yeah. they still like I mean, Tibbs talks well of him and everything. I, I think he could still be with the team. Might just be a gadget player. I still could see a world where he could become a legitimate, like, 3 and D, you know, 2-3 wing, you know, type player mm-hmm. uh, that the Knicks deploy in certain situations. But they've already called him situational for, like, half this year, and the situation apparently has never come up to play him. So yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see. The last time he played was um... – if I'm not mistaken, was the Hawks game was the end of regulation on yep. the Bogdanovich when Bogdanovich got the three pointer over Noel. I think that was the last game Frank played, and that was they they just had him out there guarding Lou Williams, I believe, on that final rotation and that final possession. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure if, if they bring Frank back. I just, you know, 
whether they go in the draft and, and find a kid that can do a little bit more, that can defend and, and get you some more, you know, consistent scoring off the wing or free agency, do they bring back Bullock or Burks or, or another uh, perimeter player? I, I know I, it seems like Tibbs is high on him. I, I just, I'm not sure if they, if they bring Frank back to be that situational because he hasn't played, man. Yeah. He, he has not yeah, played. Yeah. The, the, I guess the other, the last thing to consider with him is just his age, you yeah. know, and like the physical, the the physical uh, capabilities have always been there. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. that just insane wingspan. I think he's improved as an athlete. He's gotten in way. He's he's in NBA shape now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's big. He's a big dude. Like he can hold his own against a four mm-hmm. if he needs to. Um, but like it, also his age, you know, like he's he's a year younger than Obi Toppin. Yeah, and he's finishing up his rookie contract, you know. Right. He was incredibly young when they drafted him. Right. Um, so I guess that's something to consider. I mean, it's not like draft age is the end-all, be-all or anything, but, you know, some guys don't pop until their second deal, and the Knicks yeah. just never take that chance on anybody. So, you know, they, they always Charlie trade them Ward. before they hit that or, or just let them go or whatever. So maybe he's finally the guy. Frank, Kev, or Mitch, who breaks the curse of Charlie Ward? Mitchell Robinson up next. What do you what do you think, man? They got a, a one point five million dollar team option on him. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I I think he's gonna get paid this summer because um, they what they're gonna have to do is decline that option to turn him into a restricted free agent. Yeah. Um, because if you accept that option, then let him get to free agency next year, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Right. And he would also probably be a pissed off unrestricted free agent because right. you just cost him a year's worth of his first payday, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, where he could have been making 10 plus million dollars. And he said, nah, we're going to make you make $1 million for yeah. another year. That which is um, so I think their only option if they want to keep him is to pay him this summer. I think they will. I think it will actually come in less than people are thinking. Um, you know, I myself had speculated, oh, is he going to be worth almost like a Clint Capella deal? No, I, um, can't, I can't give him that right now, bro. I, I can't right now either, and I think it's, unfo- it's it's unfair because a lot of it is based around the injuries this year, Yeah, which were both kind of freak injuries, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm, like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever see him. We'll have to see how he comes back from this broken foot, which has been a pesky injury for big men before, but, you know, the hand one was just a total freak accident. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. It, there was, it, that's something that will never happen to him again. Um, or at least, it, you know, it would take like it would be like getting struck by lightning twice, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the the foot, we'll have to see how it recovers. Unfortunately, I think the injuries are going to influence his contract negotiations some, and he'll probably come in around like ten to twelve million. Uh, that's what he'll, he'll get another deal, I think. Yeah, that that's what I'm yeah. thinking. Like ten to twelve. The listen, he he deserves a pay raise. I mean, I think that one point six is, is pennies compared to what what he's he's doing for this team and and just mm-hmm. you know overall uh, market value of the league, obviously, but. You know, the injuries have set him back in terms of, you know, establishing his, his market value. I think they will pay him. Now, do they let him go out to, to unrestricted free agency with a brand-new agent and, and, you know, testing the waters? I think that that's risky. So maybe they do get a deal done. I, I just think, man, like I said, I, I'm thinking long-term. And people got on us last show because they, they said we were advocating trading Mitch. I, I didn't say trade Mitch, but I'm just trying to think long term, a la the Levert and, and Allen type of deals. When you're looking at RJ quickly, Mitch, when you're going to be talking to teams, these are the guys they want. Mm-hmm. These are the guys they're going to want. And I just don't see this team long term building through the draft, 
methodically through seeing what free agents they can pick up and seeing where they are. Tibbs kicked this season off by saying, yes, we need a big-time player. Ultimately, yeah. they, ha- they, they want to get that guy. I think the other thing to consider, too, is, you know, it is easy to say, like, yeah, I'd prefer them to build through the draft and yeah. have all these homegrown kids and whatever. But how many times do you really see that happen in the right. NBA, if we're being honest, right. you know? Like, I'm sure that Nets fans probably were riding pretty – I mean, you know, some of them were, like, riding pretty high on the idea of, like, oh, man, look at what we're building. This with, you know, D'Angelo Russell and, yeah. um, you know, Allen and Levert and all these guys, and this, this is great. I would love to – you know, I want to keep building with these guys. Do you think a single one of them is complaining now? Right. That not a one of those guys is on the team. Right. You know, nobody cares anymore. You know, yeah, they're just yeah. like, we're contenders now, yeah. <laughs> you know? As much uh, as I'd love to see it, bro, I just have a hard time seeing it, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's hard in the moment if the Knicks will have to trade one of those guys that we, we're falling for right now. But the reality is you'd be trading him for someone who's going to make the team exponentially better, hopefully. This uh, and hopefully it works out. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll see down the line. But it's, you know, it's just something to be prepared for, if not – wishing for you yeah know what exactly I mean? exactly man the, the joy of that though is that you know for once if you hit that point then you get to root for that player still you know yeah, because yeah. you'd be like oh the knicks are awesome but i still want to root for yeah you know and you can freely do that because you know that it's it's not you know messing the knicks money up that they traded this guy because the knicks got better facts but then you just root for the guy from the side you know it's it's pretty cool win-win all right, last Could be in a winning team. <laughs> salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up on for you boys. CP Alex Wolf in here. Previewing the West Coast trip and also uh, question and answer. Answering a couple of our Twitter questions. Salute to everybody that's called in and submitted questions as well. Uh, last two, Obi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Obi's going to – I I think he's going to play better next year, and he's yeah. going to continually get better. Yeah. But I do think there's going to be a situation where his, his – ceiling is going to cap at a certain point because he's already 23 years old. Like by the time he's done with his rookie deal, he'll be 26, 27. Uh, That's, that's pretty, like that's when he should theoretically be entering his prime. Right. Um, And and he's going to presumably be playing behind Julius Randle for all that time. So at a certain point, I wonder if he might be part of a trade package. Um, Again, kind of like with Knox, you know, maybe even as mm-hmm. soon as next year. Although mm-hmm. it seems like this front office is very attached to him. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure has nothing to do with the fact that Leon Rose's son represents him. <laughs> right. <at CAA. laughs> um, no nepotism he, whatsoever. No, no, no. No, no, no nepotism, <laughs> not in the slightest. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, that he's going to stick around. Maybe could be included as part of a trade package. Yeah. But I don't think the Knicks are going to rush to trade him either. I've already seen some people, we've had questions on Locked on Knicks and whatever too, where people are like, should they get rid of him? You know, like, what's he doing? You know, yeah. the the reality is what he could be doing if he if he really keeps developing is providing a security blanket for Julius Randle where, you know, you're not so reliant on Randle playing 38 to 40 minutes a game. Right. I think that's a great situation if, if Obi can become a 20-minute player by, like, next year and you yeah. can get Randle playing, you know, 30 minutes instead of, you know, 38, you know. That's a, that's a mm-hmm. big difference over mm-hmm. the course of a season. Yeah. Um, and it would be very helpful. So th- there's a scenario where he could stay with the Knicks and Randall could stay with the Knicks and they could both be successful. Um, I think just our our thoughts of Obi at the beginning of the year of, oh, he might, you know, his ceiling might be limited, but he might be the rookie of the year this year. Obviously that didn't happen. No. Uh, <laughs> and he's not, I don't think he's ever going to be that good of a player. But, no, I, um, I don't see I think it, he'll man. stick around. I, yeah. I, I'm encouraged by by his play as of late. Uh, seems to be a lot more confident. He's He's defending well. 
you know, I think the knocks on his defense coming into this are uh, he, he certainly surpassed, I think, those expectations, at least from, from, from what I've seen. He's starting to get on the boards. Obviously, the chemistry with him and D. Rose has, has been automatic since D. Rose has been traded here. So I hope that uh, they do find a good floor general to um, for that second unit going forward that can really get OB going. And then hopefully he himself, I'd like to see him get a couple of go-to moves where he's using his athleticism to drive to the basket because I still think that that part of his game is yet to be untapped. You know, even when he's not getting the, getting the ball or being able to shoot threes, I still feel like he should be able to attack the rim and get to the free throw line a couple times in his minutes. And hopefully, as you said, hopefully he's able to up, you know, get his minutes up there over 10, maybe in the 15 range where we could actually be a, a true reliable backup to, to Julius Randle. So that would be ideal for me for Obi. But I think he could be trade bait as well, especially as they look to uh, to bring in some star power with it within the next few years. I think Obi, I think Obi could certainly be a candidate. The thing is, too, is you know that relationship I just mentioned with. Leon and Leon's son and everything mm-hmm. in CAA. I mean, the flip side to that is one, it, it, you know, that on one side they'll probably value him a lot, but on the other side, if Obi would ever say to Leon's son and say, like, hey, man, like, you know, I've loved playing for the Knicks, but I really want a bigger role somewhere and, mm-hmm. and a chance to prove myself, you know, then maybe they would work with him to facilitate a trade out and be super accommodating as far as that's concerned, too. So yeah. that could potentially lead him out of New York at some point, though. I, I don't really see it. He seems like a really humble kid like yeah that's that's another good thing you know with him is he's he seems like a really great locker room presence definitely um you know even on those games where he's not playing much he's like pinson on the bench you know like just going crazy you know supporting his teammates he's always the first guy you see up doing the wild celebrations and greeting guys yeah, at half court yeah. and everything so it seems like he's very well liked among the team and that, and that seems like a common theme among this team is that they all seem to like each other quite a bit so you know they might be they might be hesitant to potentially move him for that too Sure, uh, sure, although again, sure. if if it came down to it, and you could get someone like a Beal or something like that, they're not going to hesitate to be like, okay, Obi, yeah. you know, take him. <laughs> okay, gotta pull it, gotta pull it. Uh, lastly, yeah. Julius. I mean, I don't know what else you, you got to say about him yeah. at this point. He's sticking around. Max. You know, he's he's the building block at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the guy. He's the guy that you you presumably want to keep off the table in any trade talk too, because he's the engine. He's the all star. He's the all NBA player. I think he's he's going to get, if not a max contract, something very close to a max contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, next summer, when this current deal expires, he's going to be one of the most, I would say one of the most underpaid players in the NBA next year, um, you know, other than rookie contract guys. Yeah. Like guys that are on their second or, or more contract, I think he's going to be one of the most underpaid guys in the NBA. Uh, already is, I mean, because he's, for how good he's he is and how good he's made this team, he's already underpaid by a wide margin. Yeah. Um, and he'll get a max contract in the yeah. next period. You know, as long as he wants to stick around, he'll get a max contract. Yeah. And uh, I won't have any issues with that because he's going to, you know, that'll carry him through his early 30s. And then then you reconsider, mm-hmm. you know, once he gets past his prime, you know. And it, so he'll be 27 the first year of the deal. So then let's say it's a, a four-year deal they sign him to in theory. So, you know, his you get his year 27, 28, 29, and 30 seasons and maybe it's 31 if they give him like a real big five-year deal Mm -hmm, take advantage mm -hmm. of those bird rights and everything but even if they do that you're only paying him the max contract through his age 31 season from a guy who mostly relies on strength and ball handling ability and stuff like that right now more so than like overpowering athleticism like a russell westbrook or something yeah i'll take that all day yeah so he's he's the one guy for sure part of the future definitely Definitely. Uh, i don't see him going anywhere 
I, I see a Max in his future. I think he, he deserves it, and I think they'll give it to him. I think Dolan will take care of him. And, oh, yeah. and you know, 26 years old, Julius is doing all the things that we've needed him to do or that we've wanted him to do when they signed him, you know, mm-hmm. to say, okay, is this a worthwhile signing? Is he going to make his team better? Can he shoot the three like your typical modern four in the NBA? And he's doing that, and he's doing that very well this year. And so, and I think it's real. It's real, bro. I don't think it, this is a fluke season by any stretch. I think this is real. He's put in the time. He's put in the work. He's gotten better every year, even from his rookie year. You know, I I just think last year he caught the case of the Knicks, man. It's not easy. You know, and he struggled. So uh, this year he's come back leaps and bounds and, and as you said, been an all-NBA player. So he he deserves that contract, and I think he'll get it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, he's he's a model you know, player, a model leader, it seems like, um, you know, you could say that my one knock on him as far as on-court leadership is that he sometimes wears things on his sleeve a little yeah. too much. Yeah. But you have the RJ is like the yin to his yang, you know, right. the RJ is the, the cold-blooded assassin that's always out there with the, you know, blank look on Even his face, too, whether yeah, he just yeah. hit a game winner or whether yeah. he, you know, uh, just gave up a game winner, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it, they've got a good a good base there between those two, but. I'm with you. Yeah, everything with Randall feels real. It doesn't. It doesn't seem fluky. Maybe the only thing I can say is maybe his shooting percentages come down. Yeah, you know, a little bit from three next year. He has mm-hmm. had. He has been buoyed by a very, very hot stretch lately, mm-hmm. where it's gotten his percentage like well over forty percent now for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he comes back down. To, I don't know, thirty-eight percent or something. But even then, with the type of shots that he takes and everything else, and hopefully right. you get him some more help and you get right. another year of development from everybody else, that shouldn't matter. It'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd have no issues maxing him and having him be the guy to build around for yeah. years to come. And I, I think players around, around the league respect him. And, and, you know, he makes another all-star appearance next year, you know. Then all of a sudden that familiarity starts being there with some of the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. And then you start getting talk of, you know, a potential super team. And maybe he plays – I think he was on the – the Team USA potential roster Select. for this year, too. And we see a lot of, you know, league-shaping relationships get formed there, too. True. Um, so if he makes Team USA and, and gets buddy-buddy with those guys, then maybe there's something even, to be said there, better. too. But even better. We'll see. And I got to see how much of his, his points have come unassisted because I got to think playing with a better – uh, a more competent point guard in the starting lineup should help him get easier buckets as well, man. A lot of times he, he's sure. just creating for himself out there. Yeah, so, I mean, he shoots – I could probably pull it up real quick. Yeah. Uh, his his numbers on, like, catch and shoot versus uh, versus self-created mm-hmm. threes. But, I mean, he, he does great on both. It's, mm. You get kind of spoiled by him at a certain point because he's almost shooting just as well on – on, uh, you know, step backs and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ones that he creates himself yeah. as, you know, ones he's assisted on. True, true story, man. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP, Alex Wolf here for a preview of the West Coast trip, man. And uh, we'll be back tonight for um, Knicks postgame live, Knicks versus Rockets. What do you guys think? Let me leave me a, a score prediction in the chat. Let me know what you guys are thinking for tonight's game. How you feeling for tonight's game? Okay, real quick. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Uh, I mean, it's just obscene, man. Uh, for his for the year per NBA NBA.com stats mm-hmm. on 
3.9 attempts to catch, catch and shoot per game. He's mm-hmm. shooting 42.8%. Mm-hmm. On 1.3 pull-up three attempts per game, he's shooting 40.5%. Wow. That's just insane. I, I don't think there's a single shot creator in the league that shoots as well as he does. Yeah, off yeah. Those. And, and then he does he does basically the same in, from mid-range, I think. Mm. Uh, let me just say, just pull up twos. He shoots 42.4%. Mm. According to this, and that's thirty three point eight percent of his of his two pointers. Yeah, that's just wild. Okay, wow. Actually, I think that's thirty three point eight percent overall of his shots. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, okay, guys, crazy in his stuff, bag, man. man. Absolutely, guys have been in his bag. Um, Al, great show, my dude. Appreciate yeah. you coming on, man. Always a good time when, when you come through. I thought this was a great show. Great year, man. It's been been a great year for for sure, man. So let's definitely do it again. Uh, I'll throw the uh, the camera on you. Just let the people know where uh, they can find you, man. Yeah, for sure. So I have to come back for the playoffs. Oh, yeah, absolutely, we'll, absolutely. We'll celebrate one day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at the Alex Wolf. Uh, of course, check out the Strickland, uh, which is my website. Uh, it's at the Strickland on Twitter or the Strict Land on your web browser. Check that out. Uh, you can check. Speaking of merch, you know, CP's got the new merch. We got some merch to drop. A cool RJ shirt, Frank shirt, some other stuff. We're all printing them locally and giving some money to charity and stuff, uh, which you can find on our website under the shop tab or uh, the strickland.bigcartel.com. And then check out Locked on Knicks. Also, daily New York Knicks podcast. We're on every single day of the week almost. Uh, five, six, sometimes seven episodes per week. So we got plenty of Knicks content for you guys. Uh, you can find us at Locked on Knicks on Twitter or uh, just anywhere you get podcasts. You know, we're on all the major providers other than, like, SoundCloud, I think. But find us Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out. Yeah, man. Great, great show as usual. And salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, great show. Great show. Absolutely. Make sure you guys are following Alex on Locked On Knicks and the Strickland as well. They do a great job over there. Also, remember the show is available, also presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NICKS for 20% off plus free shipping, and they'll take care of you. Ships to Europe, European Union, Australia, as well as the uh, United States. So make sure you guys go out there and get yours. Want to salute uh, a couple more super chats of come in. Scotty C, appreciate it. Bob Telflair, appreciate it. Uh, CT Pittman, definitely appreciate it. Shells Heavy says the two best players I've ever seen. One, Michael Jordan, and two, Summer League Knox. <laughs> so, salute to uh, KF101, my guy Q-Tip in the building. He says, Jay Boogs, let's go. Let's start this road trip off right. One thing that helps this road trip is the hard-nosed defense, which is where we hang our hats. So Q-Tip, I got to salute Q-Tip, ardent supporter of the show. Definitely appreciate you for uh, supporting us. And salute to everybody in the chat, man. We'll see you guys tonight.